What's going on, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, chat. Welcome, YouTubes, internets, to the Hospital for the Soul podcast. This is our very first podcast ever, and we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> so we're going to figure it out as we go. But basically, this is Hospital for the Soul podcast. Uh, you're, this is what you've joined in on, and this is where we're going to discuss um, some of life's deepest questions and how Jesus Christ is the remedy for any wounded soul. So we are glad that you're here. My name is Daniel Young. I am a minister in the college university, and these are two of my very best friends and colleagues. This is Brian and Jeremiah. Give a wave. How's it going, guys? What's going on? Um, so thank you guys for joining me. So yeah, we are ministers on the college campus, and we have been doing this for quite a while, I think. It's been a while, I think so, right? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> been a little bit of a while. But we've seen Jesus do a lot of things, and, and uh, so if you are joining us um, from Chi Alpha in the Rio Grande Valley, thanks for joining us, and uh, make sure to keep Keep updated on the chat and let us know if you got any questions as we go on. We're but saying uh, voice is a little fuzzy. Voice is a little fuzzy, so maybe I should. Yeah, let us know how the audio is so we can make any adjustments. We literally had it perfect as we go. <laughs> so yeah, and then technology, of course. Yeah, but we're f yeah for sure. So just let us know uh, how things are going, and we can kind of make adjustments <laughs> as we go. We are ultra noobs, so please forgive yeah. us. Ultra. Uber noobs. Thank you, Kaylee. She's got, look at her. She's got like a sign and everything. They can't and see her. I know, but I'm talking <laughs> to you guys. But Yeah, she's on top of things for sure. Yeah, thank you guys. So, uh, yeah, you can't see these people, but in the back we've got Edward Silva, and we got Kaylee in the back there, and they're running some, uh, they're running like the cameras, and they're running the switchers and all this stuff, so they're, they are fantastic. So thank you guys for for, for doing that. But basically, guys, today's topic is why we're doing this. We, we're doing uh, something. We're calling it Hospital for the Soul. Um, there's a great need in the world today for God. There's, yeah. a, there's a huge need to... I mean, there's a whole lot going on right now. <laughs> yes. There's a ton... What are you talking about? ...of stuff happening in the world. There's COVID-19. There's hurricanes. There's... Um, elections, which is like worse than all of those things combined. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty gnarly. Um, but basically, what those of y'all that are joining us online, thank you for, for being with us. Um, the idea here is that we can just really discuss um, the deep issues of and things of God that help us steer ourselves towards Jesus and um, helps us kind of figure out um, how to navigate through a desert through uncharted territory, and um, just to just to get our bearings straight. You know, you go to a hospital when something in you is wrong. But many times we've got issues in the body, and we've got issues like in, in our— but it's like the soul is what's messed up yeah. in many cases. The soul is what's damaged. And you can't really fix the mind. You can't really fix uh, your body in many cases— unless the soul is redeemed. Right. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. So, um, you know, like, let, let's kind of start off. Like, what, what do you guys say? What's, what's wrong? <laughs> what's the real issue here? It, Jeremiah, should we just, like, is it all a matter of electing the perfect president and then all of our problems would go away? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um yeah, I really love what uh, G.K. Chesterton said. Somebody uh, wrote him and, and said, what is wrong with the world today? And uh, he just sent back a two-word response, mm -hmm. and he said, I am. And I think that's that's the thing is everyone or, or a lot of people nowadays are wanting to point the finger, and yet really the, the answer is to look at the sin and the corruption in, in our own lives and, yeah. and work on that. And work on them in our brothers and sisters, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and our friends do it in love, and um, and that's how you change the world is just one soul at a time, starting with with yeah. your own. Yeah, it, doesn't it seem like Brian that there's just so much shirking of responsibilities, like just across the board, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, if if you can point the finger at someone else, um, then you won't lose power. Yeah. You won't lose any, like there won't be any shame poured upon you. Um, but that only works if you think your audience is stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't obviously I don't think our whole country is a bunch of idiots. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think people see through lies and see through things, yeah. but then we don't look in the mirror and then do the same for ourselves. Right. Which which is the great irony. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a difference between looking like you're doing the right thing and actually doing the right thing and holding yourself accountable to not just uh, some sort of public image, but a private image, mm-hmm. holding yourself up to the image of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about a lot of times it seems to me that the problem is like a, diag- a diagnosis problem. You know, like there's you, you see like the Dr. House show and they're all debating on what's wrong, like. Like what's what's going on, and you've got like blood spewing out all over the screen and stuff, and it's it's like an actually pretty disgusting show to watch because of all the vomit <laughs> and, and things like that. But there's like, it's like we we miss what's actually wrong, right? Like is yeah. it is it like there's surface issues and but but there's what is it, like the Bible talks about this thing called sin, yeah. right? Yeah, everyone wants an easy fix. Everyone wants the cough syrup to get rid of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, but right, like how Jesus says, it's not what you put in, but it's what comes out that makes you clean or filthy. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, that's why I've I've loved having you two guys because I know you'll always point out like what the real right. thing going on is. And I think I, I think that's one thing that helps us bring us back into Jesus, who we know is. Like we we're, we're talking about this book called The Great Physician by G. Campbell Morgan. Mm-hmm. You all should get it. Yes, um, it's you'll probably only find it for forty dollars, and it's worth way more yeah. than forty dollars. Right. Um, but he talks about Jesus, all his interactions with these different people, and how he always cuts through what people think is the actual issue, and he cuts yeah. through to the deep heart, soul things to bring people in. You're right, dude. I've I have gotten so much out of that book. It's not even. It's not even funny. Like, The Great Physician by G. Campbell Morgan. Like, you guys seriously need to get a hold of that book. It's basically a book that just goes through how Jesus is the ultimate healer. Mm-hmm. And it's all the stories of his encounter with individuals and him touching the leper and instantly being healed. And G. Campbell Morgan is one of the best expositors, in my opinion, that's, like, ever lived. Yeah. He's fantastic. But, but there's, like, there's this... There's a sin issue. It seems like to me the fall of man like explains pretty much everything. Don't you think, Jeremiah? Like we've got all these partic everyone's focused on the particulars, like all the surface level. Well, if only we just had like if we just could elect this certain person, then the pro- the things would go away. If we could just like, you know, magically be unselfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. what the the beautiful thing about um, what's wrong with the world is that whenever it turns right, like when we've seen major revivals throughout history, it's all of the social problems go away as well. The bars close down. You know, people just start acting right, yeah. <laughs> you know, all yeah. at once and all at the same time. And so I think there's that just goes to show that there is no other answer. You know, it's uh, what I've been thinking about lately is how how often I keep going back to the the simple Sunday school answers of Jesus, the Bible, and prayer. It's yeah, so, it's yeah. so it's like, you know, that that nine-year-old kid is absolutely right yeah. all of the time. It's just those simple answers are incredibly deep. And right. and how much are you willing to let Jesus cut you to the bone? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And let him speak truth into your life and to also be honest with him. Because I think he's only as honest um, to you as you are with him. So he's only gonna he's only gonna take you as far as you're willing to go, right? Right. Yeah. Like those those answers stop being, I guess, surface level. Yeah. Still simple, but not surface level because now you've taken it and you've owned it and you've had to trudge through mud yeah. and the swamps with Jesus only to arrive like what that that really was the answer, that simple thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but now it's mine and I've owned it with Jesus. We've fought through it and right. it's not just some parroting. Yeah. It's not just some simple like yeah, and yeah. then you see just the dynamic personality and character of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I love, yeah. I really love Chesterton, and I love the way he he always paints the picture of God or of Jesus in his books. And he, they're like this, uh, in uh, Man Who Is Thursday, he's like this this huge, fat man. 
but yeah. he's like incredibly light on his feet and just like bounces down the street and he does like all of these incredibly <laughs> athletic things that, that just it blows your mind. Quite like some I, imagery there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he he's like always better than you expect him to be. Yeah. You know, especially at least in my life, it's whenever I'm I'm feeling ashamed, he he lifts me up. You know, mm-hmm. and whenever I'm you know, I th- I'm I think I'm better than I am. He he's he's ready to bring me low. You know what I mean? And yeah. so um yeah, he's right. it's I, always I, surprising. Yeah, and I I love what you bring that up the simplicity of those answers. So we I've I've had many like we've had many small group meetings and we've led many small groups here in the Rio Grande Valley. What those of you who are watching if you're new to just kind of us and who we are, we're down way down as south as you can possibly get in Texas. Quite indeed. Quite all we if you can yeah, if you can smell the Rio Grande River, that's where we live. Um, if you can smell, smell it. it, it, smell it has it, yeah. a scent. It has quite a scent sometimes, depending. <laughs> but uh, we're way down here, and this is a beautiful place. We this is our home, and we've been here. Can't doing, beat the food. You cannot beat the food. No, can't beat the the family attitude everyone has. You can't beat it. It's seriously the best ever. And and uh, just just seeing how the character of Jesus shines out in in Hispanic culture and uh, and the border. So it's it's just really really cool. But we've had many small groups here on campus, right? And mm-hmm. I feel the best small group experience I've had where, is where I've got um, a group of church kids mixed in with absolute l- lost yes. atheist pagans. Yeah. And because I, with the church kids, I'm like, okay, guys, um, no, I, no silly church kid answers. Like, I'm sick of hearing, like, the, because, like you said, their hearts, a lot of times, is not in it. They're, they've got the Bible study kind of just repeating the same thing just to so you can get the right answer and move on yeah but then like but that mixture of like the brand new person and then the person who's been a believer for a long time is such an awesome dynamic because they've got they've bounced ideas off each other and they blow each other's minds with what's appropriate and what's not that's and right what's <laughs> real and deep and what's not and right and and like the inappropriateness of like a uh, just a person <laughs> coming off the street can he say yes. that and then the church kids freaking out it's the best but yeah. the simplicity like of of like that new person that's just feeling the touch yeah. of Jesus and they're like what's the what's the answer to life well Jesus f- from Coming from that new person, it's does it just like, yeah, it's so real. Yeah, and and also, just discovering, discovering Jesus for the first time, and then yeah. reading the Bible for the first time next to the church kids. Like I've I've read it a thousand times, or I've read it a thousand times, but it's never been alive the way when he reads it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because there's this new experience and new growth, which. It's just like fellowship is the fertilizer to the spiritual life. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. just pours into one another, and uh, everything's new. Everything yeah. is new. It's like we always make that that joke. It's like a precious moment, but you just have to laugh. Like a guy first meets God, he's like, oh, yeah, God's real. God's yeah. So real. He's, he's so real. You, you, no, you don't even know. And he's you're like, real. oh, tell he's me real. what's going on. He's like, no, yeah. but like, he's real. You don't, like, you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, like, dude, I found real. that out a while ago. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. but he's like, he's real, man. And it's so important for that. Like, what yeah. is uh, Francis Schaeffer's? He writes that book, um, like, uh, The God Who Is There. Yeah. Right? And and that's that epiphany just that's matured a little bit, right? And 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 how true it is, how like we take like we're like we're we love the scriptures so much, because when things around the world are falling to absolute pieces, the scriptures like the only thing you've got that can that can keep you sane. Yeah, you know. And speaking of keeping people sane, there's a quote by Malcolm Muggeridge that's super good. And uh, I, those of you that are joining us, I, I really want you to pay close attention. I, my favorite, one of my favorite preachers of all times is the late Ravi Zacharias. And he's like one of my spiritual heroes. And the thing I love about Ravi Zacharias is he finds the best quotes of all time. Yeah. And, and he quotes just the, these brilliant guys that I've never heard of before. And it makes me want to go buy all their books and, and, and so, uh, but Malcolm Muggeridge is a guy that Ravi would quote all the time, and he's written, and Muggeridge has written awesome books as well. But he says this kind of about this topic that we're talking about. 
He says, so the final conclusion would surely be that whereas other civilizations have been brought down by attacks of barbarians from without, ours had the unique distinction of training its own destroyers at its own educational institutions and then providing them with facilities for propagating their destructive ideology far and wide, all at the public expense. Then he says this phrase, Thus did Western man decide to abolish himself, creating his own boredom out of his own affluence, his own vulnerability out of his own strength, his own impotence out of his own erotomania, himself blowing the trumpet that brought the walls of his own city tumbling down, and having convinced himself he was too numerous, labored with pill and scalpel and syringe, making himself fewer, until at last, having educated himself into imbecility, I love that phrase, and polluted and drugged himself into stupefaction, he kneeled over a weary, battered old brontosaurus and became extinct. Have we, in our society today, educated ourselves into imbecility? <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we always say this phrase, um, moral, now it's leaving me, of course. Yeah. Cameras are rolling. Of course, so this like um, moral rejection. Yes, right? moral rejection only comes after intellectual deception. Yeah. No, other way around, other way around. Other way around, yep, you got it. Moral rejection comes before intellectual deception. That means I know a thing is wrong, but I want to still do it. Therefore, I must deceive myself so that I don't have any guilty feelings or I can justify whatever I want. Right. Intellectual deception always follows, comes after moral rejection. And so when you see a person who's totally deceived about what the world is, somewhere along the road they denied their soul they, they denied something that they denied heaven in some great yeah it reminds way. me of that story that winky pratney tells of that church kid who w- was then an atheist and had oh, all yeah. these questions t- for winky pratney yeah. and he's like i have a list of questions that i want to ask you and 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 he finally gets to meet with winky and winky asks him first <laughs> he's yeah. like so when did you start sleeping with your girlfriend and the guy's like why well, you know yeah and it's but that's that's the thing it's like when when did you decide I'm going to live for myself? Right. 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 When did you choose myself over over the things that I know are right and true? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that I remember that statement he made and he says somewhere in there he's like I'm not interested in half as much in what you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. I'm much more interested in why. Yeah. Why? And so we say this all the time in in Chi Alpha, why do you do the things you do? And who do you do them for, right? Yeah. And that that's like the question. So we meet students on the university oh, man. all the time. We meet them all the time, and this is the question that seems to be the hardest to answer. Why, why do you think that is, Brian? Um, which question? Why, like, why do you do the things you do yeah, and who yeah, do you yeah, do yeah, them yeah. for, you know? Um, because, again, that, it goes back to that whole thing. If, if, you are, if you can convince yourself that you are the highest being, then, again, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, therefore, it would be the right thing to do whatever I want if I am the highest being, if I am all it is. And, and we, we're on campus all the time, and we've had quite some interesting conversations. Yeah. And talking about being educated into imbecility, I had one kid tell me he was no different than a park bench <laughs> and, uh, yeah. that we were sitting on. Um, I've had one person tell me that they believed that... Uh, this world would be better if robots killed us all and mm. took over because they could take better care of the environment. And uh, I've, I've had someone call themselves an optimistic nihilist to me. How do you be... Okay. How can you be... He, he was literally... Yeah. He, he said basically the whole thing we said. He knew that in his mind, he said, I know that there's nothing, any, no real thing, but yeah. I, I deceive myself yeah. into thinking that things are good and so I can you know, go on with my life. So yeah, so let's explain that. What does a nihilist mean? Nihilism means you believe nothing has purpose. There is no purpose. There is no meaning. Um, and just like the guy who believed he's no different than a park bench. Yeah. Essentially, you there's nothing different between your atoms, your being, and a park bench. Other than you know, I guess people sit on park benches more than yeah. Hopefully they sit on you. Um, <laughs> but 
but that's what nihilism means. Nothing has any meaning if you die, whatever. If yeah. a tree dies, whatever. It's all determined anyway. Yeah, which kind of just erases the the meaningfulness of the conversation itself. Yeah. You can't even talk to. And each so other. I asked the, well, what are you doing at college? Yeah. And he yeah. he didn't really have an answer for that, but yeah. hopefully it pricked his mind a little bit to think maybe I. Maybe I don't really believe that nothing has meaning. Yeah. So, Jeremiah, where do you think these ideas come from? So we're ministers on the college university, and there's professors all over the place that have got different ideas and stuff. But these, like, do these ideas spring in the minds of young people today, or is it taught? Oh, no, it's definitely taught. You know, the very first thing that I was taught when I— first started going to university was that um was that my parents were wrong you know that was the first like ideology that was being pushed is like you got to forget what your parents taught you this is the truth you know and i think that is a that to me is a tragedy yeah you know because you know i love that c.s lewis quotes when he says that it's not our job to tear down forests it's our job to fertilize the desert and help it to grow Right. right and so the first thing that the college campus is trying to do is cut down the forest, right? Yeah. So that they can right, you know, plant their own ideologies. And then there's and then there's students coming in, they just want to get good grades because they want a sheet of paper that says I can get a good paying job. And so they they agree to all of these things whether they really do or not. And they and so they're inundated for 4 years or 5 or however long with <laughs> these <laughs> yeah, some so 10, yeah. Yeah, some, some longer <laughs> than others. <laughs> <laughs> but then and, and so all of this stuff slowly takes root over time. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think we lose so many of the church's youth in the university. It's not their freshman year. Some of them it is, you know, because it's that, that moral rejection idea. You know, yeah. then they deceive themselves. And a lot, you know, there's <laughs> moral failures all over the college can- campus. But yeah, um, I think it's, you know, it's just interesting the way intellectual deception takes root. You know, and if right. and um, but it m- makes me want to go back to the motive. You know, mm-hmm. why do you do the things you do, and who do you do them for? And really, like, what is, what do you think is more important, the the motive of somebody or the action of somebody? Because, yeah. you know, like uh, we have we have laws that you know premeditated murder is different than manslaughter. Right, like I I meant to, and I wanted to do this thing. But uh, and then there's accidental death. You're still punished, but it's not as severe because you're careless. About right. It. Yeah. Right. Right. So what's I guess what I'm asking is what's more important, the motive or the action, and what do those reveal? Yeah. Themselves. I'm thinking of the. It's a Bible story. The parable, yeah. yeah, where uh, it might not be a parable, but Jesus is saying like, okay, which servant did better? Uh, yeah. The it was one his son. It's his son. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you you remember it better than I yeah, do probably. His dad asked, hey, go, I don't remember what exactly asked them to go do. It was, go and do this. Go go cut the grass. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the one son's like, yeah, your oh, dad, yeah. father of my heart, yeah. I will go cut the grass for you. Yeah. And he goes inside and plays video games all day Yeah. and doesn't do anything. And the other son is like, hey, son, go go get the mail for me. And the son's like, I hate you, dad. I'm not going to go get the mail. <laughs> you didn't buy me a new car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you took away my Xbox. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but then he goes out and he does it, and right, uh, and right. Jesus asks like, who? It, which is the better son? Which one? Yeah. He's like, well, the one that actually did it, even though he had a bad attitude. But there was something, something underneath yeah. the surface there. Yeah. Right. We say God doesn't read lips; he only reads hearts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Dude. God doesn't only read lips; he reads hearts. Man always looks at the outer appearance; God looks at the heart. And there's a whole lot of that going on right now. There's a whole yeah. lot of outward appearance stuff. And yeah. and no heart behind it, you know. Yeah, and then um, also like perceiving someone's motives, yeah, <laughs> you know, to actions yeah. instead of like, you know, I think what's missing is is the the conversation, you know, to yeah. sit down and just talk with someone. Yeah, and you know, for for many reasons, for you know, ideological differences, but also because of COVID and practical reasons. But I still think there's there's always a way to have a conversation, and you can't. Yeah. Um, ever just dismiss fellowship in your life. Yeah. You know, in the moment you do, isolated people start to get weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so I think fellowship is more important now than it ever, well, oh nothing man. ever has been. It's just super important. Sure. You know? It, there's like, yeah, it's like 
pushed away in, in many cases and neglected. Yeah. yeah, it's easier to not have it now, and yeah. it's making it, it more apparent how important it is. Right. Yeah. Right. And so those of you that are that are listening in, on like, you have to you have to really we as believers have got to be rooted in the Scripture. Right. We have to be rooted in the Word of God, and whenever you see crazy stuff going on, like you turn on the news and you're like, how on earth is this planet earth? Like what's <laughs> happening? And, and I want to move to, you know, Canada or something. I don't know who says that, but maybe some people say that. Can- Canadians said that Can- at one point. Yeah, they did. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what, what is going on? And, and you kind of get disillusioned. You feel like that there's just like, just who's going to make this right again. Yeah. You, what you've got to do, if you've ever felt like that before, if you ever felt like, um, I, I don't know what to do and how I can fit in the world, you have got to go to the scriptures. You've got to see what Jesus did because everything, the whole rubric is there, right? The template is there, how to yeah. live in a fallen world. like. Yeah, and Jesus, God himself came and we killed him for it, yeah. right? Him yeah. and all of his majesty and glory. And beauty, and we yeah. kill them for it. So, like, what are we really fighting for? Are right. we really think that we, are, or are we fighting for this world and hope to change this world? Are we fighting for the kingdom, hoping to change the world as a byproduct, not as a prime product, but as yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Eternity has has got to be the the top priority. Like, building God's kingdom. Yeah, and then the it goes after effect of that. It goes back to that, like how we were talking earlier. Like people want to solve the, the surface issues, mm-hmm. but yeah, you fix the soul, mm-hmm. right? If you yeah. if you're walking with Jesus and you're in love with Him, you don't want to see His Earth get trashed, right? Yeah. Right? Like I don't want to see lakes be polluted. Yeah. But if that's what my whole being was, and that's the deepest I can go on anything. Yeah. And if someone comes up and asks you, well, why not? You have right. zero answer for them. Well, because yeah. I because I like the lakes, I guess. Lakes, I don't know. It's yeah. like, well, I don't care. Yeah. And then that's the end of the conversation. You can't say anything. But it, why should I? Well, because the God of the universe made that lake, right? And He loves that lake. This is His world, and He wants us to enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, then there's actual depth to it, and there can actually be healing and transformation and real meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeremiah said a quote earlier that I, I want to kind of tack a little bit further. He quoted C.S. Lewis. And this is in probably one of the most complex books uh, Lewis has ever written. Like, it is super confusing. It's called The Abolition of Man. It took me four times yeah, to read dude. it. I had to listen on audiobook, like on repeat, just so I could understand the first chapter. Lewis is brilliant. But the concepts aren't, aren't that out there. Anyone can really understand this. But one of his big um, arguments that he makes is this about... It is not our job as like teachers mm-hmm. to cut down forests. It's our job to irrigate deserts. What is he getting at with that statement? The uh, the old saying, "Truth will out." Right? Truth like, will truth out. out. Like you can try and lie and hide and deceive, and like it's what the devil's trying to do, and what mm-hmm. the people that like his agenda will try to do. But uh, the people who love truth will will always find it. The Lord won't let it be hidden yeah if you're looking for it you'll find it and i think that that goes through everything not just in the spiritual things but like yeah i think it's just a principle of reality that he's written into the fabric of of how things are right yeah and i think it's letting the truth of god be brighter than everything else in the room you know what i mean like yeah like uh not having to prove god is right by proving everything else wrong you just lift up jesus you Mm -hmm. just lift up the truth and everything else kind of fades it loses its glory yeah have you ever uh been in a small group or hung out with a person and the whole entire conversation is how you're doing everything wrong <laughs> it's like oh, 30 minutes have gone by and i feel like poop i'm the worst <laughs> person in, on the planet and so i, I think lewis there's a there's a slight caveat to that like our, our job isn't to get in a small group and just rip people yeah. to shreds and it's like all of these ideas are and you rip them out and then you try to replace and, and there's another fascinating parable that I think slightly taps this subject is the the parable of the wheat and the tares. In the context, mm-hmm. this incredible parable, guys, looked it up. It's in, it's in three of the Gospels, um, the parable of the wheat and the tares. It's right after the parable of the sower. 
and it's it's really talking about uh, children, like the God's children and people that that are in His kingdom and people that aren't. And the servant goes out and and that the, they plant all the the seeds, and then in the middle of the night, like they wake up, the servant runs to the master and says says Master, someone has planted uh, weeds all throughout the field and the tares look just like the wheat. So they, they're, they're, when yeah. they're just buds growing, they're in, indistinguishable. Like, do you want us to tear out the, the, the weeds? And the master says, no, leave them in there and let them grow up together. So it's yeah. like you've got um, the wicked in the world and the righteous that, that, that love Jesus and live for him, right? They grow up together and they both become strong. And he says, and then this is the key point, I will make that yeah. separation. It's the Lord is the one that makes that divide. You're in my kingdom and you're not ba- based on the gospel, right? Yeah. And and so I think that you can almost kind of apply that to ideas also. I don't think that's heretical <laughs> to do. <laughs> but but there's ideas operate the same way. Attitudes yeah. and ideas, the ones that are rooted in truth will make it. Yeah. Right? And the ones that are built on a, you know, foundation of lies they they won't make it they will burn up right yeah uh just to challenge that a little bit are you saying that all ideas are the same or all ideas um deserve dignity to be treated the same well uh, i think all ideas are given a chance yeah should be given a chance because how else will how else will you know to test what's true and what's not. Right. You know, like that's, I mean, that's what we say when you count the cost when you first come to Jesus and he says all these grand statements about how reality is. And if you come from an, a place like where your mind's at, where you're just closed off to anything that is not what you're raised, then Jesus doesn't stand a chance yeah. even. Yeah. 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 We, we battle with attitudes and ideas and we wait like the apostle Paul, I think in my mind is the greatest example of that. He attacked arguments and it's not like we want all bad arguments to be t- like covered up and not listened to, but rather exposed so that we can know. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Like, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Jesus. If he's true, then then he has an answer for everything. Yeah. yeah. So why would I be afraid? It's Dude. only opportunity to learn. Right. So one of my favorite guys is John Lennox. Yes. So John Lennox is a triple doctorate. Like he's he's uh he does all the Veritas forums. You can find him on YouTube all over the place. John L E N N O X Lennox, and I love him. He's so he's such a man of God, and uh, he tells he's got a doctorate I think in like uh, science, mathematics, and philosophy. Mm-hmm. So Jeremiah, you should just get you could get working on that real quick, and <laughs> and we'll work on your triple doctorate, and yeah, you'll be ready to go. Yeah. So, but he's John Lennox is the man. And he talks about how his parents raised him when he was like a child. They gave him the book Mein Kampf, and they like read this, and they weren't trying to like uh, obliterate his think. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to cover his ears of bad ideas. Okay. They were exposing him so he could learn how to counter. He could learn the arguments, basically. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can weigh. The stuff that needs, and so as they grow, those ideas grow in with a person. Like you, you and your own heart start to okay. That idea doesn't hold water. Mm-hmm. That one does. And yeah. that what we've found as believers that all of the ideas that come from the scriptures they actually hold water in real life. Yeah. They yeah they work, and and they're actually true to our experience. Right. Yeah, and I think like all honest questions are valid you know not all questions are honest but all honest questions should be answered and and i think are answered by jesus yeah in one form or another and so i you know i think it's a pity if the church is ever afraid of answering questions you know or we as christians are ever afraid of answering questions it doesn't mean that we have to know the answer to all the questions yeah but we get to find out with somebody you know and discover it together Mm mm-hmm yeah, so I've got a verse here that we can kind of break down and talk about too. In Second Timothy chapter three, this is like a description of the world, and so we're talking about what's wrong with the world. Why do we need a hospital for the soul? If you're joining us, you're thanks for joining the podcast. We are 
um, discussing all of life's deepest things, and we're conquering the world right here at the half round table. So yes. if you can't see the whole table, it's it's nice and they can. half and round and all of the above. But uh, so in Second Timothy chapter three, um, the Apostle Paul's like talking to Timothy, giving him instructions on how to be a good pastor. And, and he gives like these super scorching words. He says, uh, you should know this, Timothy, and in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control they will be cruel and hate what is good they will betray their friends be reckless be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than god they will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly Hmm. stay and then he says this stay away from people like that (laughs) right that's paul to timothy Stay away from these people. Um, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Are we seeing this today in any capacity? I think I think we've been seeing this for you know thousands of years, maybe yeah. just maybe. Yeah. As soon as religions have been a thing and religious people have been a thing, yeah, it's an easy way to like we say. Um, God wants family. He wants sons and daughters. People want God to be a checklist, though. Mm. and I've checked off the things, and so I'm okay. And you can hide behind all these things. You can be whoever you want to be as long as you're pretty on the outside. Yeah. 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 I think it goes kind of back to our, our idea of hospital for the soul. You know, the hospital's full of a bunch of sick people, you know, and, and the yeah. parable says let them grow up together. It's like, I don't know, that like, fellowship has been so valuable to me because I was – in small group with a bunch of messed up people and we do small group with a bunch of yeah. messed up people and we get to know God and we get healed together in the same time and we grow at at a, at a similar rate you yeah. know what I mean and we're when you're open and vulnerable in that sort of way to allow yourself to grow with another person you just can't help but be best friends it's like yeah. you actually are fighting in the trench together you're fighting so on so many different fronts but you're also trying trying to kill that old man that keeps trying to come out of the grave to grab onto you, you know know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think, I think fellowship, like you said earlier, is so, it's just, it could not be any more precious and valuable right now. And right now it's like, you know, it's tough. You got to be safe and you don't want to get people sick because, because all this, all the stuff going on. But at the same time, I can say, honestly, um, the devil wants us to be alone. Yeah. And he does not want us to have fellowship. And so we've got to find a way to be spiritually connected, even though we're, we might have to be physically apart in, in, in that sense, you know, but, but I'm telling you, I'm telling anyone that's paying attention and listening, listening in right now, I'm telling you without any hesitation, without any doubt, anytime you separate yourself from fellowship, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time because you will not make it. The correlation of people that have been hungry for God and that have walked with him and then stopped walking with God, it is a 100% correlation on the charts that somewhere along the way they rejected fellowship. Yeah. And, and not only is it unwise, but you don't have a right to because mm-hmm. the Bible says you can't say to anyone, I have no need of you. Right. You're not allowed to say that to your enemies. Yeah. We should uh, we should probably, you know, we don't know who all's with us today. We should probably talk about what we mean when we say fellowship. We don't just mean yeah going out and grabbing food together. Right. Um, yeah. It's more like we say like a, a love goes deeper than brotherhood or sisterhood. Even that's right. And uh, I think I think Jeremiah brought up that perfect example how like you're growing together. So we've wept over over each other. We've prayed over each other. Um, when someone's going through like something incredibly hard, we're all there for each other, mm-hmm. and it, and yeah, and we have we do a lot of stupid stuff, <laughs> yeah. a lot of things we can't talk about here because it's so ridiculous, <laughs> and and this thing's yeah. on the internet forever, forever, and forever. <laughs> yep. Um, but we become absolute best friends even beyond the grave. You're right. I'm like, yeah. who can say that really? 
Man, yeah, it's so true. The the best friends, and those of you that are watching, these these two guys have been some of my best friends for, for years and years and years. We've gone through adventures together. Dude, Jeremiah, you had a dream. Tell us about whenever we were fixing to go to the valley. I think so. We Jeremiah and I yep. were on a, a, a – we became friends – on a mission trip to Tenerife, Spain. And it was ridiculous. Like we yes. were, we were like, just our personalities were like being very. I've seen an excellent painting from that trip. Yes. That are, <laughs> there was a painting made that we cannot speak of. Nope. Um, it it wasn't that bad. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. that bad. But, but it, we were like realizing like we just became best friends and it was, yeah, it, it, we had known each other for 10 minutes. I think I can recognize when, when I have a real friendship with somebody, if we can go to really intense, deep, spiritual conversation yeah. to complete hilarity Absurdity. in, in, a, in a, <laughs> an hour and a half a second, you know. Can we just was, become best friends? Yes, yeah. we did. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. And that was what that trip was like. But, um, you know, after we got back from that mission trip, um, yeah, I had a dream, and there was – we were it was Daniel and I, and we were in a – in this valley, very steep and very steep hills on both sides, and then there was there was this mudslide on one yeah. and an avalanche on another, on another, and Daniel and I are like <laughs> laughing and skipping until we like hide into this cave, <laughs> and we're just like laughing and we're in awe about all of this explosion of mud and snow and water, and uh, you know, I, yeah, I have no idea. I actually wish we could see that on film. Yeah. Or do something. I, I I'll can even, see it. I'll settle for a cartoon <laughs> if you make it happen. No. <laughs> see each other's I dreams. Don't, I don't trust yeah. your drawing skills enough. We'll, I don't we'll see have that. someone invent the Inception dream machine and we can, like, you know, yeah. go back and... Don't go into my brain, please. Okay. <laughs> you know my dreams. Okay. But I, but I, yes. I think this speaks to uh, just the value of fellowship. It, it's like in the middle of a crisis, you still, have, you still have somebody to laugh with, you know? Yeah. And laughter is so important, and I think... You know, I can't help but think about Jesus and the twelve disciples, and I want what I wish the scriptures explored a little bit more is yeah. the jokes that they had. But they may have been appro- in, inappropriate and can't talk about it. You know what I mean? Because it's <laughs> be on the internet forever. Down. Right. Yeah. But yeah. um, <laughs> the internet. Yeah. yeah. It's too many. Th- this all the poop jokes the disciples <laughs> made were edited out, right? Yes. That would, uh, they just <laughs> left it out. <laughs> so oh, oh, immature man. are we? Yes. But I. My heresy has no bounds. If you're in a small group or you're in a Bible study or anything like that and you're not having fun, what is our great friend, John Cashel? Shout out to John Cashel. He's the man. We love him so much. He says this, like, if you're not having fun and you think God is boring, well, I have some news for you. God's not boring. You are. Yeah. And I think that's true. I I think the switch from serious to, to, like, keeling over and grabbing your stomach in laughter yeah is what heaven's got to be like you know yeah and love and laughter plows hard hearts right Mm -hmm. and i think this this world today is is missing love and laughter both and i think i think the most important thing that christians can do is just have a blast dude yeah you hear that chat we need to have as much fun as we possibly can does that sound good (laughs) I don't think anyone's asked any questions yet. No uh, questions yet? Yeah, chat, uh, keep it up with, uh, I see your comments, but feel free to ask us a question. We're going to, we're kind of getting geared up towards the end here. I've got one more quote we can go over, but we're, we can do really whatever we want. We're, we can be very fluid here. But feel free to send in your questions about the topic. Feel free to send in, um, I think we've got one coming in. Yeah, you want me to read it? Yeah, go for it, Brian. Okay, Xavier. My good friend, he says, what is the balance between respecting someone's free will to decide against truth and fighting for them to change their ways? What a deep question from a deep man. Uh, So let me, since I'm slow, I'm going to have to read that again. What is the balance between respecting someone's free will to decide against truth and fighting for them to change their ways? I, I would just have to say, I mean, the Lord doesn't, go against our free will he'll let us walk straight into hell if we want um i i guess the balance would be uh just don't tie them up with a rope and when they walk (laughs) away right like you you just love them you love them and you don't compromise yeah and uh and if they i mean we get this all the time like i don't know how many 
I think I've lost just as many friends as I've kept over the years because, right, we say, like, well, Jesus is going this way. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm going that way. If you want to go that way, we're just not going to be friends anymore. And it's not because I left you. It's because I'm walking to Jesus and you right. left us. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's we the have natural to, way yeah. of things, yeah. right? Yeah, but I think it's also like we don't mm. give them, we don't hand them a moral code. We yeah, yeah. We give them Jesus. You yeah. Know? And if and if eternity is not in your eyes, and if you're not with Jesus yourself and bringing the Holy Spirit with you into those conversations, yeah. then we don't have, you know, we say we have to earn a right to speak into somebody's life until you've loved them like Jesus loves, right? Has loved you. Yeah. And you can't really give them. You, you can't really change fought it for them like yet. Man, exactly. that's yeah, that's so true. Like I, uh, I remember. I don't know where I read this, but we need to love people with such a Christ-like attitude where so much love and compassion that yeah. they are convinced that we would die for them. There's just there's something in Jesus's eyes, you know, when people are speaking to him and then they stop dead in their tracks. I think this is it's a good question, Xavier, because there's, there's certain lessons, Brian, right, that people um, choose— not to learn until they make the mistake, right? And I think that doesn't have to be, but it seems to be <laughs> yes. the case frequently. I, I call that stubbornness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are we all stubborn, or are we, we don't? No. No, never, no. no. <laughs> you know what uh, verse has really been convicting me and I've been dwelling on lately is, is, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Yeah. And it's, and it's almost been speaking to me in a way of, like, remember the mercy that I have received. Yeah. And whenever... I'm thinking about that, and I'm grateful for those things. Then it's it's easier to be merciful to people because yeah. it's like, oh man, I, I I deserve so much worse than how I have it. Thank you, Jesus. And then and then it, it helps to be gentle with people. I think you know people want to be loved, they want to be respected, they want to be heard, and so you you hear them. Like Jesus, when the way he spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well, he listened to her what she said, and he answered. He answered her, not her questions, you know, and I think that's that's the real Holy Spirit sort of perception, but the but uh, but it comes from a love for people, yeah. you know, to have that. Yeah, that's good, dude. I, I love if I can. I love Kathia's question. Yeah. Uh, do you think Kathia asks? Do you think as people are returning to old vices during quarantine, is God mad at them? Or looking away from them, the 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 beauty of Jesus and and walking with Him is it seems like like returning to Him is always much faster than the yeah. walking away process, and and I think she's hitting on something. There's like like quarantine has made getting together difficult um, for for many, and. Um, people are alone. People are yeah. are getting lonely, and the devil wants you to be alone because you're vulnerable, and you, he can tempt you and do all these. And and yeah, and you're just not yourself when you've just got your own thoughts only all the time. You turn into a maniac, you know. Um, but <clears throat> so yeah, like people are turning away from God, may, maybe going to old vices, or maybe finding new temptations to dive into to to pass the time. But the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of knowing Jesus is that the second you turn back mm -hmm. to him, you're instantly close to him again. Yeah. And, and I think we get in this, this mindset to where I have got to travel um, all the mountains range that I left to get back to Jesus because I've traveled that far away from him. It's actually not, that doesn't have to be the case if your heart, goes straight back to him and and you like and you turn away from those things and don't go back to them then you're you're right back in his arms again yeah and i think that's that I, i'm trying to answer your question with like w we need to have a healthy fear but we also need to we need to look at turning back to jesus as an excitement because yeah. he is more desirable than any of these other things yeah, infinitely no, more desirable yeah no sinner coming to jesus has ever been met with anger Right. You know, he's never been mad at you for coming to him. Yeah. Right. No, no matter w what the capacity is, no matter if you did know him and you walked away and yeah, whatever, he's he's just he's just so surprisingly better yeah. than we could have hoped for. 
it makes me think of that. So we've been talking just as friends about anger a lot recently. Um, we, well, at least I know me and Daniel have listened to some to Dallas Willard. He has a, a wonderful book and a series called The Divine Conspiracy, and he was talking about anger. And me and Daniel were kind of bouncing ideas off each other and uh, just our thoughts. And it reminded me of a verse where I believe Jesus is in the temple and he wants to heal a man with a withered hand. And he looks around and he sees all the Pharisees and says he was angry. And so he wept. Hmm. And uh, I, I, I don't want to... Are you looking it up? Do you remember what no. song that is? Maybe we talked about it not too long ago. Um, yeah, I can't remember. But, but I, I believe that's how Jesus treats, treats any sin. He, he looks at it and he has to be angry because sin is just rebellion against him. And he can't, he can't treat that lightly. But then what did, what did the Lord do when the world rebelled against him? Well, he, he came down and he died on a cross. That's right. Yeah. And he wept, you know, he wept tears of blood. He sweat, sweated blood, excuse me. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's how the Lord is. That's his mercy. He's, he has to be angry at this. He has to. It goes against him. It goes against right. reality. Murder is, a th- right? He doesn't want his children murdering each other. Yeah. But his solution for that, right, is not to blow up the whole world. Yeah. Right, and he he wants souls to come to him, and so he comes down and he weeps and he dies, yeah. and he he right. wants to restore. That's right. Thank you, Jesus, man. We're we're very blessed. Well, it is seven fifty-one, guys. Went went by faster. Than Blew by faster than our training session or whatever. Yeah, we did. yeah, whatever. whatever that our, was. Our joking around. Yeah. Well, chat. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, Hospital for the Soul podcast. We're going to do this every single week, Monday at 7 o'clock, so be sure to join us on chat. Ask us some good questions, and uh, just stay tuned. Make sure um, just to keep keep uh, up, like keep updated um, when we're going to be posting and when we're going to every single Monday. We're, we're going to have a lot of guest missionaries throughout the, yeah. the, the weeks and months ahead. We're going to have different people that are in campus ministry um, in Chi Alpha up here, and we'll interview and ask lots of questions. And we're going to we're going to get close to Jesus, and and yeah. hopefully everyone listening in will feel like they're they're getting getting their hearts healed. Yeah, and if you're tuning in and you you don't really know us, you just found us somehow. Um, if you live anywhere around where around McAllen in the Rio Grande Valley, hit us up. Um, yeah. We'd love to hang out. Uh, we we believe discipleship and fellowship is what what Jesus wants to do to change the world, and so we'd love to to get you in small group, and because we want to see the world transformed, and we think that you can do it. Heck yeah, be Absolutely. sick! All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. See you later.